Yes, we all have a light and a dark half. What is yours? I have two dark halves. Well, then, then in that case, you're a dark hole. Dead on. I also <laughs> have a dark hole. We all have a dark <laughs> hole. Yeah. Watch did that one, Alex Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, dark hole that, always stinks. <laughs> hey. Well... <laughs> Get enough of this Mexican food at me. <laughs> After that burrito, I'm sure it does. Burrito. It so we have, we got the dark half with us this episode. Um, you know, George A. Romero film, as we see on the screen right now. You know, we know they're him and King were friends for probably all the way to the end, but they linked up around you know well, Creep Show time. Yeah. Did it big? Did it big? Maybe before? Did it big? No. Crazy, me and me and Coin were noting on this um, before we started. Yeah, I completely forgot that this was a George Romero movie. Like it just went whoosh. Yeah, right over my head. It's uh, unfortunately, you know, as a kid, I wasn't as appreciative as it, of it as I am now because I'll be wanting you know zombie movies from George, so to speak. But 1968. That was a good one time. year less of the best year of all, 1969. <laughs> All right, Alex. Good. Amy Hat Madigan doing it big. Talking about her being the girlfriend of Uncle Buck. Very nice. That's right. Yeah. You have royalty in the building with that. Robert Joy, great actor. Good guy. He, he, I think he was a rock and shock one here. Yeah. Because he was also uh, in the Hills Have Eyes remake, I believe. He was, yes. The name, at first, I didn't think of... Uh, he's in Land of the Dead, too, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. You returned with... He did two... Yeah, he did two outings with Romero that I know of. He could be in Bruiser. He's probably in Bruiser, too, if you look around. He uh, He's on, like, one of those, like, medical shows. Uh, one of those, like, uh, cop drama shows on TV as, like, a medical guy. I like that. Yeah, he had a good way about him. Almost like a ducky on NCIS. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this was, you could really, you could tell George knew his way around, you know, a camera and framing, you know, how he wanted his things framed. You know, this does stand out as, I think, one of the better adaptions of the King films going back to look. You know, it was a great collaborative effort, for sure. You know, I revisited this fairly recently. Yes. And I didn't have a great opinion of it at the time, but I was basing that on my opinion of it as a younger folk. Right, movie. right. I think this is a movie that is definitely, even like as a horror thriller, 
it's geared towards adults, man. Like, yeah. I feel like you got to have a little wisdom under your belt to kind of understand the themes that he's playing with. I think you're absolutely right because it really didn't stick out to a young audience. I mean, I remember it, but it just, it didn't appeal to my generation. No, mature. I, I, remember, mature. But I remember it used to play on HBO, you know, quite a bit, but it was something I'll bypass, like whatever. I'll go to MTV. Well, the same thing can, you can be said about Monkey Shines, which is also Romero. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? It, 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 you know, it's not, it's a good, you go back and watch it now, it's got the great tension in it, it's good and stuff like that. And, uh, what was the, nope, the, 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 the monkey, the chimpanzee, and nope. You know, Romero did it first, of course, as usual. I like Monkey Shines a lot. Monkey Shines is a good flick. You know what I mean? It's, uh, when you, when you get older and you go, oh, I really wouldn't want this, you know, being kind of whatever this monkey wants to do. You got, you got, you know, you got to go roll with the punches. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate. Random question. The woman that plays the mother, is she the same actress that was in Donnie Darko? It's quite possible. I'd have to see her She looks like that lady. Well, we know we got Timmy Hutton in here, of course, killing it. Um, Amy Mack. I love that effect with the eyeball. Are you thinking of of, uh, Julie Harris, world famous? I think you might be. I believe so. What movie did you think she was also in? Donnie Darko as uh, one of the other teachers. I think that I don't know. I don't think so. Damn, she looks very familiar. But I could have made a mistake myself. Uh, Tanya. Donnie Darko is such a good movie. I haven't watched that in so long. Yeah, it's good. Shit, I completely forgot Seth Rogen was in there. Seth Rogen's everywhere. Yeah, he is. Once he came on the scene, he was hard to get off the scene. He's still there behind the scenes now, lurking. Yeah, we're trying to get rid of him, but uh, he still comes back. He's like a bad penny. Uh, I, like, I like Seth yeah, Rogen. I heard some things I didn't like about him, but I, I, as far as what I've been seeing in films and such, I enjoy Seth Green. <laughs> So in that scene, they were, like, removing all of that thing out of his head, right? Yeah, they are trying to. You got but while doing that, you got the birds going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sparrows, right? Well, they know. They know that there's some evil shit going down. They can feel <laughs> it in their loins. There's some nefarious shit going on around here. <laughs> Just a fucking in it. God, God, pray to the Lord. The Lord's gotta stop the sparrows. <laughs> Twenty-three years later. Yeah, he's a Michael Jordan fan. That's why the writer. I thought that kid was playing with a gun for a second. Futuristic gun. Yeah. Well, I mean, young. you're not paying attention to us. Look, you little babies. Yes, <laughs> Josh, you're right. Uh, Beth Grant is the actress's name. Yeah, she was also when Charles played too. She was the teacher that Chucky kills. Yeah, respect. Oh. Uh, she's she's great. She's a char- character actor over there, and uh, I like her a lot. She has really good like expression. She's good. She's intense, <laughs> and she can uh, really pull it out when when need be. Yeah, she I think she's from Chicago. She has comedy well too. 
What do you say, from Chicago? I think she's from Chicago. Chi-town. Mr. Timothy Hutton. The, the, the first baby toy ever made right there, the, the little the hoops with the pole you stick it on. I used to have one of those. Alex is going to say it's a metaphor for sex. It's a butt plug. I wasn't going to say that. I mean, it does remind me of, of certain toys. Everything does. Everything reminds you of sex, though, bud. What can I say? <laughs> I'm a one-track mind pony. Oh, I know. Just kidding. It's always funny. Hawk looks Never at boring. Mm-hmm. Hawk looks at an elephant's ass and he thinks all oh, the things I could do to that. <laughs> I I could I could fuck it with my head. You could. Yes. Oh my! No. Nice embrace, loving embrace. That's love. That is true love. She's wearing the same oh. salmon color. It looks yeah. like. Yeah, that has to be a symbolism too. thing. Yeah. Time to go to work. Maybe Salmon was just in. Mm. Maybe. I suppose like what, 90, 97? No. Wait, no. 93, maybe? 93. Maybe. 93, yeah. Mm. He seems like such a cool teacher. He's the best. I took his course once. Yeah, what? Well, well, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him. When he's not teaching, he has a group of, like, uh, uh, crooks that go around, you know, saving people using leverage and all that. He made mm-hmm. me stay late and showed me his dark half. Ooh. Yeah. It was that camel- extra credit. He's like, hey, young lady, you want to see my dark half? <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say, there's an actual truth to this. Professors, like college professors, mm. Horny motherfuckers. Oh, oh sure. Dude. Almost every college professor I ever had in six years of college was fucking a student. <laughs> yeah. Male. That's why they get into it, probably. You know what I mean? Yep. Clearing out, clearing out. Heck yeah. Clear it out, clear it in, let it begin. But he was a good teacher for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he was willing to give some extra credit if needed to his He students. was the cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> he does come off like a cool guy though. Loose, the shirt open, loose, carefree vibe to him. The hair's flowing. Yeah. Hey, man, can you send my book? He I looks like he's is... cracked the fuck down. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's his look. That's the guy that would later do uh, Land of the Dead with him. And, um, the that's where I know him from. Hills yes. Reboot, which is a good reboot. I really like that one a lot. Yeah. That's a good one. Like Alexandra Asia. Asia. Oh. Hey man, why are the pages stuck together? Well, <laughs> well he was a he was champion of the the book, the book tossing. 
That happened every year. He was the champion of that. Sad, of course, sad. Our main character is very angry. This guy does kind of, he's rubbing me the wrong way. I can't even hear him. You know what I mean? <laughs> And Jess had it, hit it on the nail right on the head when you said he was all messed out looking and he's got issues, you know, he's got some of his own issues. Yeah. Like neurotic about the situation. Yeah, he's looking rough. He's like, I've been yeah. up for fucking 37 years. I'm, you know I'm how many sure. dicks I suck to get here? Yeah. <laughs> ah. I, I'm, I'm sure if you look at the back of that book, you'll find missing pages that he ripped out to use to make a joint. Oh, shit. Oh, I don't think that's what he's smoking, though. <laughs> no, no. Um, is equivalent to crack cocaine to Alex. <laughs> what, he, what he smokes involves a glass pipe. Yeah. <laughs> and oregano. No, fancy. it's a copper pipe, so he's slowly getting Parkinson's. <laughs> the more that you makes know. more sense, doesn't it? See, that's what I like his leather jacket, though. It's a nice jacket. It's nice. But don't smoke the copper, kids. That's that's what happens. It's like a big coffee yeah. stain, Jess. What? It's, it's a, like coffee a stain? coffee stain? Like he's wearing a coffee stain. I like his jacket. I know you do, Bill. It looks like flesh to you, Bill. I get it. It's <laughs> I feel like that's a jacket Billy would wear, though. I'm, sure. I'm, all, I'm all about that flesh, baby. Mm. <laughs> he just wants to peel it off him. Ooh, we can make, like, a stitch jacket out of, like, leather. So it looks like skin all stitched together. Like a Necronomicon leather jacket. Yeah. That's, that's a convention thing waiting to make somebody a lot of money. Yeah. I've seen some, a few of those before. Like a, a, like a leather jacket made out of Necronomicon-type skin is a billion dollars. Yeah, it's idea. like a leather jacket that was stitched, you know. It's a... It's a a while ago. I've, seen, I've seen more than a few Necronomicon replicas easily sell for like a hundred bucks at conventions. There's this one guy, he made um a jacket, but it, it was all baby faces and it was all stitched together. Like it was like some fucking pinhead shit. It was amazing. I don't know if I'd wear baby faces. I that's cool and all. I I do the Necronomicon jacket, maybe, but you know, in indoors, indoors type stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, just as like looking at it as a piece of art, like oh, I just okay. thought it was morbid and fucked up, and I loved every second of it. It is the baby head's always a weird, a, a weird one where I think it it's works scary. for girls. It don't work for guys, but it works for girls. See, yeah, look at him, <sighs> baby head he's got right now. Yeah, it's working for him. It's mm. the appropriate. I like how they work as a team. I feel like there's like a good dynamic between the two actors here too. She looks like she'd belong in a early Kevin Smith movie. Kind of, yeah, girl. like the milk back. lady. No, no, the the representative that comes in. <laughs> but Uncle Buck was legendary, and I'll always she's she's had quite a career too. She pops up all over the place. Done a lot of TV, I believe. It's not just Uncle Buck for her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Straight Timothy Hutton, though that's that's a that's a name you don't hear much anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, he he was big on the uh, TV series Leverage, which yeah. had a reboot recently. Hutton, he came back with a TV show. I remember in the last. Yeah, time. Leverage. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was very successful. 
And uh, that went off the air, I think, maybe seven years ago. And then, like, recently, I think they did, like, a, like a, another season to it or something. Yeah. Uh, Gone Baby Gone, she was in. Local film to us. Oh. There was something that caught my eye. You, you know <laughs> what I find find funny in, in this? You, you have... Timothy Hutton and and the woman playing his wife and Timothy Hutton's in that you know dark you know t-shirt kind of looking like you know the cool you know cool kid you know that that graduated maybe stayed back a few years and and the wife is like like dressed a dressed kind of dowdy so it, it's just kind of you know weird he kind of looks like he's the younger of the two of them you know that he's that, like the hip the hip in demand one, and she's yeah. the poor fucking homebody schlub that can't leave. I love that yeah. word, schlub. Schlub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, don't mind me. I'm just talking to one of my students. I'm I'm giving her an A on the next test. Oh my. It so happens her next test is tomorrow night at about eight thirty. Yeah, I'm not going to be home. Hey. I know. I know. Unfortunately, like, the truth of what was actually going on here is far worse than him just fucking his student. <laughs> Heck yeah. This guy. Why was this so much worse? Just because he was like vulgar as another art, like another writer? That's why it became, well, he had it like escalates. That, yeah. It goes beyond that, you know? So it was like dark. Oh, yeah, dark half. <laughs> it's like, I made uh, you see the title. That's right. We all got a dark half. I believe <laughs> it's a, he was a writer, and uh, he'd rather be known for respectable ones, but he wrote almost like Pulp Fiction. He, like... Uh, like hot and murderous novels that people loved, but he didn't like being known for those types of books. So he tried to blend into like the regular life. And, uh, but it's the, the, those books are what people want. That's what they want from them. So it's a battle for who is, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like you got uh, a, a woman uh, uh, known for uh, porn and wants to break into as, as an actress but no one wants to take her seriously because she did porn earlier in her life. You know? Tragic. Nowadays. Me, me personally, I, I love them all. I love them all. That's true. I mean, these days, you got to bust onto the scene with a sex taper. You're like three years behind. Yeah. 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 I'm going to be releasing my sex tape by the end of the year, just in case huh. anyone's interested. I'm interested. Put mine on Pornhub, whether I liked it or you not. You can have it. Have the first copy. It'll be sent to your house. Thank you. I'll send you my address, like right now. Woohoo! Very cool. Networking, my friend. Networking. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> Networking. Yeah, James, you know it too. We'll exchange dirty sex tapes. It's how it works. Foot pics. No. Heck okay. yeah. Dig pics all around. 
Again, I'm going to repeat. I love it. sending dick pics as a female. It's so great. Uh, <laughs> like you find them all dick. the time. Do you have a I try to find the angriest looking penis. Do you have a collection of dick pics you've collected over the years? I actually, I uh, I made a collage one time of all the dicks that That's I got art. sent in like a month. That's art. I like that. And I tagged everybody and I sent it in a group message and it was just the best thing ever. Of the di- <laughs> of people who own the dicks were tagged. That's fun. What was the most? <laughs> what was the most ever sent to you in the course of one month? Um. I think I had about like fifteen. Yeah, yours. <laughs> yeah, she said, "Yeah, yours." Yeah, no, yeah, and all fifteen—all fifteen of them were, were Billy's. <laughs> Any of the dead kids? Oh, no. <laughs> Billy's. Thank you, guys. No, okay. you gotta no, you gotta do it right. You gotta set some ephemera. There's well, nothing worse yeah. when you basically don't know what the hell you're doing. You just pull it out, and I'm just like, ew, no. Get some nice covers. You know, get some rose petals, you know, fucking make it look presentable, for Christ's sakes. You know, it should be a production. It should I, look like- um, I have a far more key suggestion when sending dick pics. It's very important. Everybody listen. Okay. You have don't world, do all the people in the room, I want you, it's just one word. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree, you know. So, so, so James... You want my dick pics? Not at all. Damn. <laughs> oh, look how easy that was. I'm solved. But I'm going to send them anyway, James. So that's, they, how, it, ah. that's how it usually starts. Oh, the problem see, see, that's what that's where everybody fucks up. You ask, and if they say yes, then fine. And if they say no, you don't send them. That's the key part. You don't send them. Very, very vital. <laughs> vital. How how about this? If they say don't send them, I'll just send them to you. That's also not part of the deal because I don't want them either. <laughs> uh, uh, Mister <laughs> We'll dark half it up. We're all talking about our dark half. That's the dark half. This is the dark half of the episode. <laughs> dark half. Uh, goes. With the interrogation light. I like his mustache. It's a hardy mustache. He does a hardy mustache. Very robust. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mustache can actually, you know, uh, like lift weights. (laughs) Maybe it does. I like the lighting in this film. There's a lot of stuff like this with the darkness and a little bit of... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always love it when they're doing something that's supposed to be in a dark place, and yeah. they do lighting that is, it, it fits the scene, but it keeps a lot in the darkness. I mean, like, yeah. the, these shots are really well done. Because, okay. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, we were talking about earlier where you're watching something, something's in the dark, and you can barely make out what's happening. I mean, that's yeah. that's no good. I mean, what's the point of watching... A bunch of people bumping into the darkness, and you can't see what's going on. Supposedly, Romero said that uh, Hutton was like very difficult to work with making this film. He even had to be fired, I believe, or quit the film at one point. I wonder if it was all that method stuff, or if it was uh, just him in general. I mean, when you're making a movie about a, a character that's torn, you know what I mean? 
kind of going crazy, you'd assume he'd be difficult. That character would definitely be difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, the thing is, when you're an actor, that I mean, this is my biggest problem with the you know overused uh, method acting. Mm-hmm. I believe that you do. I mean, whatever the role, I mean, some roles are harder than others that, you know, yeah. you throw yourself into it. But that is what you do before you show up at set. Okay? You do yeah. all that research. You delve into it. When you're on set, uh, you yourself, and then they say action. Then you bring out everything that you've learned and taught yourself. You don't be like, well, this guy uh, ha- has a walker, so I have to make everyone wait because I have to... Use the walker every place I go. I think that's Jared Leto acting like a cripple on the set of Morbius for no fucking reason. Yeah. I hate him more than I would hate Timothy, though, for some reason. I just hate Jared Leto, period. I don't don't really care what he's doing. I hate him. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, at least Timothy Hutton, you know, is fun to watch. Jared Leto just comes off as just pretentious. Incredibly. Got some Royal Dano action in here. Believe it. Did you see Royal Dano? There he is. No, no, no. Without the glasses. Huh? Where is he? I thought I saw Royal Dano a second ago. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I just watched Killer Clowns. Maybe I'm just standing there. Right there? There he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah bear. Where's my Pooh Bear? Big cameo. I just watched that last weekend too, Coin. Yeah. You get the shovel, you get the pick. But the pick's my shovel. But James, the shovel you, can't be my pick. James, you looking forward to the video game? Oh, hell yeah. Not in uh, Texas Chainsaw, baby. Oh, yeah. You you got to love, you know, doing a photo shoot in, 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 like, next to a tombstone, man. I mean, that's... Everybody does that. What are you talking about? Yeah, everybody. everybody so sure. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. I mean, usually you do like fifty-five the... ethots that did that last week. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it like, kind of loses something when you do it in the daylight. You gotta have the, the the you know the atmosphere, dark, you know, night. I'll you know, Photoshop that shit in later with a little mood lighting, you know, to set the mood. Depends so, yeah, what you're uh, going for, Alex. Hey, hey, listen, now listen. If I'm going to go get do a photo shoot at the graveyard, okay, I'm planning on doing it with a hot goth chick. And mood is everything. Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying. So is she half naked or are you naked? We're both naked. Not a very nice guy. <laughs> so they just had your tombstone, Alex. I don't even know you died. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I died years ago when I started working at uh, my job. Dead. We're, the We're dead all dead in here. Yeah. We're the dead kids. <laughs> Going my way. Fun's around. I was earlier today. I was actually working on the dead kids of Derry rap. There you go. Can it be like Pokemon, where it's like every episode's like a new, like new thing? You can rap us out every episode if you want. No, I was, no, I was thinking. It was, I don't know, it was just like, I think it came out of nowhere. I was like. I was thinking like, you know, we're the dead kids, dead kids of Terry. You know, say the da 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 the dead kids. Graveyard shift. Yeah. You know. Dead kids of Terry, yo, walking around the corner. You got Jesse, you got Lama. I forget how 
<laughs> I gotta think about it. It'll come All back. Right. Yeah. Think about it a little more. Uh oh. We're getting there. Uh oh. You're Can right. I hustle him? Wow. I love that though. Oh. 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 Right he left his oh. leg behind. Ripped him off by the, no, by like, the prosthetic leg. I love it. I I laughed out loud. I need Pretty that. Much, Pretty much man needed a leg up on the competition, and he just took it away from him. <laughs> gotta have that famous scene where the cop goes, "Well, he would have just left his leg behind." Now they know something's up. That's really? why they call him Hop Along. <laughs> oh my! We're like Rocket Raccoon. I need that leg. That's right. That's how you get down, man. It was shot in '91, released in '93, due to. Financial problems Orion was having at the time. Yeah, they were going bankrupt around that time. Yeah, that was that was the beginning. That was that was the beginning of the original end of Orion Pictures. Yeah, that must have been when uh, I think Mike Metavoy, I think, was Orion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, of course, Orion has made a triumphant return with. Like three not so great movies, but whatever, it's fine. I'm just happy to see that happen in front of a, uh, in before a movie starts to, again. Yeah. Hey man, there's a hole in the ground. It's like no one needs my balls. It's Mister Worker. I'll show you where that clown tent was. Just follow me, officer. Yeah. It was all shot in Pittsburgh. You know, very Romero-like. Oh, he loves filming it, you know. He lives, and he's from there. He lives, his crew is all from there. But he yeah. loves filming it. I, I forgot that actor's name, but he's awesome. Michael Rooker. Yeah. You he's just said time. it. <laughs> yes. From The Walking Dead and Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, uh, well, no, this, this is Henry more Henry Porter of a serial killer, killer arrow. Yeah. Rooker. Yeah. He still had hair. Yeah, yeah. curly hair. Yeah. And, uh, well, not, not Charlie Slay first. And Tom Atkins, his hair was looking crazy in that movie, too. Tom Atkins is uh, out of control. I love oh, Tom Atkins so fucking much. He was a great actor. Oh, God. Fucking most insane. You talk about horror movie fucking royalty. Jesus oh, Christ. Totally. <laughs> And he literally played the same guy in every movie, but it didn't matter. Yeah, like it was, it seems like like him and Tommy Tolls, you know, kind of cut cut from the same cloth. Out of control, man. Out of control. Love him. Yeah, yeah. This early Rooker action, man. I'm I'm loving that too. Like, I'm a big Michael Rooker fan. Like, I'm a big Henry fan. Yeah. Um, fantastic movie. If no one's ever, if anybody out there hasn't seen it before. I love that fucking movie. It is a masterpiece of its elk. It's a powerful movie. I mean, it's just raw. It's, it's just raw as fuck. Raw as fuck. I mean, it almost comes you, across like a snuff movie, but you know yeah. what it is. Yeah, no. If Honestly, to me, it feels like Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a more traditional cinematic cinematography sense. And if memory starts correct, wasn't that fucking John McTiernan who went yeah. on? Yeah. I yeah. mean, and he went on to do uh, Predator? Was that what he did? He did do Predator. Yeah. 
But no, that's fucking. I love Henry. I love Henry so much. It's a. It's an incredible movie, yeah. especially for the time. And you know, it was so dangerous. Well, I mean, Chicago is just a dangerous city, but you know, yeah, back then, oh my god, <clears throat> it was like militant war zone where they were filming. It still is. Um, it's a, it's a Chicago's a wild place, man. Like, Chi Town. Chi Town is a it's, a, it's a rough one, you know. But no, I'm fucking. I I, I love Michael Rooker. I, I I'm so happy that he finally got his due. Mm. He's as a, an actor, he's thanks, to, thanks to The Walking Dead, he finally got over that hump of being like just the supporting guy. And he went on to do some really great character work, which I, I, I've always thought, like, ever since fucking Mallrats, I've thought that's where he's shown. When it comes so to Mr. Spending was a fucking incredible antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> Even within the stupidity of Mallrats, he played that so seriously. He was so good. He, he, he was echoing, if you really look at it, he was echoing almost with John Vernon. Did in um, Animal House. Yeah, there yeah. Were scenes almost directly lifted, but he was yeah, so absolutely his, his intensity is amazing, and he yeah. can sell any performance. I, I mean, even, when he but when he gets in there, he can get fucking terrifying. Even a hair, just a hair of like that character feel of like the '60s Batman villains, just a little. You're right. He, yeah, yeah just a little. Especially. Yeah, just 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 a layer of like an icing cake on the top of the cake, so to speak. The one and it was just oh yeah, fucking so great good, stuff. The thing that's amazing about the power of Michael Rooker that I witnessed firsthand when he was at Rock and Shock, he was looking down the aisle to or not his line, I guess you would say, to see how many people were actually you know there, and he made eye contact with like two or three people, and they fucking fainted right in the line. And they're like, oh my god! Like Michael Wright made eye contact with me, and and they, and they they legitimately passed out. And I was only standing like thirty feet away. A struggle. I had never seen anything like that before in my life. Oh, he's a general. He, he's generally cool. General, genuinely cool dude too. He is. He's I a know, very cool dude. Well, but what he can invoke is just phenomenal as a performer. Yeah. yeah. I love him and uh, James Gunn. The two of them together, you know, it's almost like a Abbott and Costello routine. They're pretty funny together. Fucking mind-boggling. What? I think Slither is, like, one of my favorite horror movies. I know everybody gravitates to our Guardians when they think James Gunn and Michael Rooker because of Yondu. And the, but no, I always think but, the Slither. Slither uh, great so. movie. I mean, that was, I saw, when I was living out in California, I was invited to go to a screening. All the effects weren't done. So I was seeing like the puppeteers, you know, and again, and it was really cool. And actually Rooker and Gunn were there and they were doing like a little Q&A. It's like, well, this is what we got. This is what we're going for. And I was like, cool. And that was like the first and only time I had seen it for a very long time. Then I picked up the uh, Scream Factory edition. And it was really expensive, you know, when I got it. It was, like, close to, like, 100 bucks, And I you know, couldn't believe I shelled it out. But it was worth it. I mean, it's a good-looking film. Dude, uh, I love Slither? it. Slither? Slither, yeah. You paid 100 bucks for Slither? No, I paid probably 60 Oh. It's worth 100 bucks. It's worth 100 It's out of print. I, yeah, it's out of print. But I think I got it for, like, 
it was a birthday present to myself a few, like only a few years ago, but it had yeah. been out of print for a good few years by then. Most expensive I ever spent in a solo disc was probably a hundred bucks. And I don't even like admitting that, you know, on, you know, recording stuff. But I mean, actually, I mean, my birthday good. present to myself just came in. Oh, nice. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's a present for all of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, you said I you just, didn't do crack, James. I just Bro. fainted. I just fainted. No worries. I just saw the moon. <laughs> oh, no, oh, nice! Very cool. Nice. Nice. Child's Look at play. that Chucky. Look at him. He's so mad. I'd be angry too. That's his dark half for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. No, I bought the. That was my gift to myself. I pre-ordered the whole 4K bundle. The bundle, right? Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I got all the posters and shit too. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with those yet. Yeah, I got. I got that bundle as well. I was. Those posters are like the same. Aren't they like the same dimensions as uh, the lithographs? Like no, they're all 11 by 17s. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're small. They're little guys. Even at eleven by seventeen, I don't know what I'm gonna do with five child's play posters, man. I don't like the, I don't, I don't like them that much. I just want them to hallway, the yeah. hallway, <laughs> the hallway setup. Walking uh, down the hallway. That's not a bad idea, actually. This is a yeah. You guys might be onto something. Why? Well, that was my idea. You can't credit Bill Coin. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks for the idea, idea. <laughs> Hell yeah! Thanks, Matt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna specifically put a copyright on it that says Matt Fisher. <laughs> a, plaque, a little plaque on the wall, a little index yeah. plaque. Designed by Matthew Fisher. Yeah, it's big times. Now this movie is definitely a slow burn. This was like the like Children of the Corn. Uh, this is slower than Children of the Corn, man. But you know, you got to you know, once it picks up, it does kind of pick up. Luckily, yeah. But it's quite a fucking journey. It's a slow burn. I hate to even say it. We're a it's, broken. I'm base. surprised right? by this movie, though. Mm. It's a slow burn, but it needs to be almost in this case because you're like, yeah. is he or isn't he? For yeah, like no. a lot of the movie, you know? For sure. And then it gets confirmed what he what is going on, and yeah, it, it gets it gets real intense real fast, you know. This is very Cronenberg looking right there. I always Hell yeah. It was Hell yeah. Uh, they were friendly, they all were friends. Especially at that time. Yeah, that was the time. He broke the oven. Early 90s was just an amazing time for, you know, horror. Um, I didn't go to a lot of these movies in the theaters, but the direct-to-video market, I think, was equally as amazing. For sure. Imagination. Uh, this always creeped me the fuck out, dude. Yeah. With his wife or whatever, all like got weird, like. It's like paper mache almost. Yeah, I like, like the a, skull, though. That is a good look. I'm surprised that wasn't like uh, they tried to make that into the poster. He's having nightmares. Nightmares. That bru- the Bruiser film had later kind of almost reused that kind of vibe except with the squigglies where it's just white I think it's just a white mask 
The Wiggly Squigglies. Reminds me of that Tales from the Crypt episode, too, with the girl with the mask. And she brings the guy back to her house. And they make passionate love. And he goes to remove the mask. And he finds out it's not a mask. It's like a birth, like growth on her face or something. Then she done kill that motherfucker. Kill him. Here's my, this is my favorite person in the whole film right now. <laughs> this woman is the glue that holds this movie together. She's her reaction is so great. He tore up the place. <laughs> He's always making a mess. One last mess, huh? Yeah. The Beast Within. Very metaphorical, this one. Ooh. Beast Within is actually a pretty good movie. Which one? What I... The Beast Within. Uh, classic, classic film. Man. Good times. Needful things. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking that out. That big cut, but we won't go too deep. We won't go too deep. Look at that beautiful fall. Ah! They're looking for a tippy head. The birds. You think the they're the leaves? You think they're leaves, and they all f- they fly away. Fuck you, Hawk. Now they come <laughs> back. What Hawk do? Why you f you and Hawk? He knows why. It's a dark dog. He's good. His imagination. I'm a, I'm a yeah. bad man. That you are. You are. Are you drinking milk? That's a very good man thing to do. It's a nice. It's like a nice glass of eggnog before. Is that what that is? Yeah. Milk and whiskey. Like a real. It's really good. It looks like it's curdled on the side. That's he why I said the whiskey. The whiskey. <laughs> yeah, whiskey sour. Really extra sour. Did King teach? Because he got like in some like he was a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, was, had... he was an English teach. He was an English lit teacher before he got Carrie published. Makes yeah. sense, kind of. Yeah. To see all this in it, in the films and the stories, the teacher aspect. The Shining has the teacher aspect as well. Yeah, he he, uh... he actually even did um, uh, speeches at uh, UMass for for UMass. You know. Yeah. Um, Coming down here, talking about uh, literature. Um, I mean, and why not? I mean, it's one of the best minds to pick because he is New England bound, and we are lucky. I, but, you know, I got lucky enough to catch him doing a dissertation about Dracula. Mm. Oh, oh, that'd Bert, be awesome! Fucking cool. Where was that? Um, Johnson and Wales. It was awesome. <laughs> I can't even. That was like a high point. I was like, that was that was a moment in my life where I was like, yeah. okay, I need, I need to write, man. Like, goddamn, way he picked that book apart and like how he like correlated it with Salem's Lot and like a bunch of other stuff he's done. I'm like, hmm. oh yeah, <laughs> this is the good stuff. What year was this? Oh God, I I'm ancient. So what? Like 2004. Oh, early 2000s, very okay. Yeah, it was way back in the day. Way back in the day. It's scary to believe that 20 years ago was 2000, where some piece in my mind, strangely enough, I say 20 years ago, I think it's 1980. But I really. Yeah. You're not alone there at all. Yeah. 
Now, this, you know, Rooker, as the sheriff, brings a six-pack with him into your house, which is always comforting. You know what I mean? But he would be yeah, that like a peace treaty. Well, that's what I want to see in my cop, you know? Like, a cop's coming to the door. I want to see he's ready to party. He ain't <laughs> sharing that. That ain't no peace treaty. I don't think he's sharing. I think he's just... That's bring your own bring your own bears, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. He's like, this isn't for you. Hey, hey man, man, when I have to shoot somebody, I gotta be a little bit tipsy. I gotta give him some kind of advantage. Yeah. Makes sense. May have been your father boy, but he sure ain't your daddy. <laughs> Great it line. It is. Tell me, tell me, who are you? I'm Yondu. Come join me in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, Daddy. But we need you here where the the undead is here. No, I have to go and hang out with Chris Pratt. (laughs) Star-Lord! In, to- in total, 4,500 cutthroat finches were used for the sparrows in the film. The birds would consume 100 pounds of bird seed and 15 gallons of water on a daily basis. So they were wow. felt, they were taken care of probably better than the actors from the sound. That's not weird. an effort right there. Well, what's funny is that you'll think of like Creepshow when we are <laughs> the biggest thing on the budget was those cockroaches. You know, yeah. it's kind of like... Yeah, but that then... Whatever, but they inadvertently, um, you know, got a new species of cockroach in uh, uh, Pittsburgh. So yeah, yeah. I wonder if this was like the most expensive part of the film, broken down, like t- taking care of all these birds. It ain't cheap, I would imagine. Yeah, they got to be hang- handled and shit. It's got to be up there. I mean, this isn't an effect-heavy movie. You know? Yeah, there's not Once a lot. Yeah, but 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 the effects that they have had yet, I mean, like with the vase, with the um, the chicken, and and all that. I mean, is I mean that's the great thing about George Romero is the fact that it doesn't take much for him to really uh, you know do a lot with not a lot. Yeah, and plus I noticed too, this isn't Savini, you know, because he would always be doing his movies. This is actually uh, Everett Burrell and uh, John uh, Vulich, who uh, had optic nerve. And the yeah. connection with Romero there was by 90. Um, they actually did uh, the remake uh, of uh, Living Dead. They did the effects. So, you know, this was uh, early optic nerve, I guess you would say, being uh, yeah. John Vulich. For sure. I know we got a lot of gamers in here. Now, the movie had a tie-in adventure game, also called The Dark Half. It was released for MS-DOS in 1992. Loosely follows the plot of the movie and resembles LucasArts and Sierra's early adventure games. The yeah, game it, played, it played like Grim Fandango. Um, it played, Yeah, it was, it was a lot like the early Grim Fandango games. Uh, I briefly played it. I, I never finished it or anything. I was yeah. never much of a computer guy when it came to gaming. Mentioning Sierra, remember the good old Leisure Suit Larry days? Oh my oh, god, I love you. those games. Oh yeah. Oh, god. Old school. Old school. That million yeah. Years ago. yeah, uh Leisure Suit Larry, Lust for say the sale or whatever it is, the one that's on the cruise ship. Yeah. I was in I was in high school 
and my dorm parents would be playing that with me, being like, man, this is dirty, this is raunchy, but I can't stop playing. This is awesome. Look at the dancing penises you go across. The, <laughs> the only one, exactly. the only Leisure Suit Larry I played was the one that came out on consoles, which was Magna Cum Loud. And that game was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was not fun. Like as raunchy and gross as it was, it was not fun. What's well, funny because like, like, like with the DOS systems, the older computers, I mean it's, I never like missed, you know, like yeah, miss, this was this was one of those big ones for the puzzle adventure style. Didn't sure. like didn't like fucking like Brad Duraf come in like one of the sequel games or something like that? Yeah, Ribbon. He did a lot of narration for the, the, the sequel to Mist, Ribbon. And uh, American McGee's Alice was another one I became addicted to. I think that's I think that's that was like, the Dark Alice in Wonderland game, right? Yeah. Yes. That was fun. I thought it was really cool when I found out that Wes Craven was actually considered at one point. It would have been amazing. I, I would have been like, fuck that. Tim Burton version, you know, if what? You know, the what? Alice in Wonderland, if, if Wes Craven, Wes Craven was supposed to do, that. do a do a Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Hey, that would have been, been amazing. I support that. Oh, he's turning evil up here. He's starting to get evil. Yeah, that's 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 when the angry uh the writing comes out. Kitty's like ah here. She was like climbing up, but yeah. <laughs> Isn't Timothy Hutton, isn't he in that Secret Window movie with Johnny Depp? Yeah. No? Yeah. I haven't uh, seen his name, but I, I, I mean, Timothy Hutton's like strange. I remember his name more than his face. And yeah. I don't like to talk about anyone. But I remember he did a lot of stuff in like the late 80s and early 90s. He's still going. Yeah. TV guy, he'll always pop up. Well, so he's, he was almost like Stephen Weber, you know, like always showing up on TV, would do like some made-for-TV movies and might appear in maybe like one or two, you know, maybe like a Hollywood blockbuster, but like it's a, you know, somewhere in the background, but still has some dialogue type of character. Yeah. Rose Red, I think, is fucking phenomenal. I mean, so. I love Rose Red. You know, I, mean, I like Weber. But we're talking about Hutton. Supposedly, uh, the creep show scene with uh, Just Call Me Billy with Barbeau and all that is supposedly taken from this film, but from this book. But Romero ended up using it there instead. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Hmm. Cats. That age is this movie, seeing a promo for cats. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh shit! Carving her up. Yeah, she, give her the business. He's bad to the bone, dude. <laughs> he has like a greaser stance to him in a way. They got Rooker going to get him because it takes one to no one. You know what I mean? I I agree with you, Jesse. It's a little bit greaser. It's also a little bit like spaghetti cowboyish. Western. Yeah, cowboyish spaghetti western bad guy. Kind of feel like I could see him trying to draw down on Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And, you know, Mark Cohen is doing the score, you know. Um, Plus, Rooker was probably coming off the heels of, uh, or this was right before, probably Tombstone. And, you know, he was in there too, you know. I mean, he plays a great cowboy when he's given the opportunity. Hmm. 
That's true. I agree with that. Wasn't it Tombstone? Wasn't Rooker in there? One of them westerns. One of them westerns, Parker. One of them westerns. Car for the actually, Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. I actually love spaghetti westerns. Me too. Me too. The old 60s. Clint Eastwood. Hell fucking yeah. I went, I, I, did, I, binged, I did a binge about a, close to a year ago of the Django movies. I completely forgot how many there were. But um, I, I went, when Fulci started getting into Django territory, oh my God, they got even better. Mm-hmm. All about it, man. All like Sam Peckham, Paul, you know, you see those entry wounds and exit wounds are just massive. Oh, yeah. Speaking of wounds. You fucking cut her throat. Please he smile. It's heartless. He was happy, okay? Is that what makes him happy? Dark side. Dark side. John Hurt and Michael Go were supposed to have cameos up at this motherfucker. I don't know where they fit. Michael who? Go. G-O-U-G-H died in 2011. Alfred from yeah, Batman Alfred. probably his most common thing. Conga. Yeah. He's in all the Batman movies. Top secret. Rest in peace, Alfred. I didn't even know he died. That's tragic. Yeah, he died a while ago. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was about to say, that was a ways back. He's not going to see the return of... I think his last one was actually Batman. the third Batman. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was his last one. Batman and Robin? No, Batman Forever. Okay. No, wait, was he in Batman and Robin? Yeah, I yeah. Think in Batman and Robin. Was, yeah, so it was the fourth one. Yeah, because he was... Yeah, it was probably... Withering away, unfortunately. That's when the franchise fell off when he died. Well, don't worry, because George Clooney keeps apologizing for killing the franchise when they were given the opportunity. I have a watch. I, I don't think he really killed the franchise. Yeah, I'd have to give. No, but he jokes about it. He's like, "But I didn't help." You know. I so mean, he- they have made. The Nolan seven, more Bat- seven more Batman movies since Clooney? I don't yeah. think he killed it. Never kill. Can never kill. Nah, can never kill the Batman. I don't think that's possible. They'll always have a new version of Batman up their sleeve. I, I, I'm fascinated by that third one. I had no fucking clue how much Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey did not get along. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. They, they hated... Tommy Lee Jones hated... Uh, uh, Jim Carrey because uh, Jim Carrey did Dumb and Dumber and that went up against the one of his films. Uh, no, no, no. It was another oh. film that right. was more of a personal project for Tommy Lee and totally decimated it. So US when Marshalls? No, a movie, a movie you would not know of. That Tommy was- Lee Jones was was uh, Heaven he and Hell. Was- I don't know. It it, it uh, was it was something that he put a lot of uh, um, money behind. Oh, money! And, okay. Yeah, so that didn't work out 
because uh, Dumb and Dumber happened. That's so funny. when when oh, Jim Carrey met Tommy Lee Jones on set of of Batman Forever, uh, Tommy Lee Jones actually says, "I can't stand your buffoonery," and then walked away. I like Tommy Lee Jones, but he comes off like a very miserable person. He does, and Tommy Lee Jones even confronted him uh, on another occasion. Jim Carrey actually talks about this. The guy was sitting down at a restaurant, you know, Tommy Lee comes in, walks over, and he's like, hey, how's it going? You know, it would be nice. Puts him on my back, and he's like, I really don't like you. He's like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> That's funny, though. Yeah. I mean, what do you even fucking say to that? It's like, I don't know. I don't get okay, it. Dude. Thanks. Okay, fine. I'll see you on set. Enjoy your penny. I love the lighting in this scene because it's lit by like the the, the signs outside. Yeah, yeah that's fucking it's shining great. through the roof window, which is always a nice touch. This is like fucking you know from beyond lighting. I love this type of shit. I love exaggerated natural light. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're using the stuff in your environment, but you're enhancing it in that way. Yeah. Obviously, Jello was really good for that kind of thing. Um. <coughs> And I think this is a great usage of it because you also get that like pulsation of like hot, cold, darkness, light. It's it's got a lot of fucking things going on all at once, even though it's super simple. You know? I love that shit. I love it. Yeah. Ooh. He knows something's up too. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's on he's on he's on it. He's on it. He sees it. He's got like a Rick Baker look to him. I'm lurking here to see. I met his daughter, actually. That's Kenton. Was, huh? I met Rick Baker's daughter when she was a student um, here in Boston. I was uh, working, I popped in my head the other day, I was working at FYE. These kids come in and someone says, hey, did your dad make these things? And I'm looking at them like, what are you looking at? And he's like, that's Puppet Master series. No, that was Charlie Van and David Allen. I'm like, wait, who's your dad? It's like Rick Baker. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I support that. Yeah, that guy, well, he was the father in Silver Bullet, whose whose kid gets mauled. Oh my that, yeah. That, that, yeah, that is him. All right, yeah. Yeah. He's a good actor. He is a good oh, actor. Oh, he's fantastic. I love him in Silver Bullet. Well, that scene, when he, when he finds that kid, that was a, when he pulled out, that was amazing. You can, you can, you can fucking feel. Impossible like, to argue. Impossible yeah. to argue that he just acted the shit out. It was fantastic. Almost like as much as like Dale Metcalf, as soon as Gage gets hit. I mean, you see yeah. that look in his eye. I mean, it, it's amazing what you can pull out of someone if you really take the fucking time and the actors are really willing to go into their deeps and, you know, the reason the, the their their internal depths. Yeah. What can what can you pull out of someone? How can you pull it out of them? And with Ooh. conviction. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I I'm with you 110. The flashlights look very really cool with that beam of light with all the you know the color around it. Yeah. I have to say I like the fact that he just like kicked him so hard. That he fell into a radiator and died. Yeah. Worst death in the movie so far. 
That is a uh, negative jorts. Yeah. <laughs> that is negative jorts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not, that is absolutely not positive jorts. Getting kicked <laughs> in the radiator sucks. Wearing like shoes in bed. I was going to say, I like them orange sold shoes. <laughs> like, yep, this is the 90s, all right. Likeies. Futuristic. Even the room looks like my childhood. <laughs> yeah. I can smell that room. <laughs> and it smells like cigarettes. Good. And it doesn't smell good. It's like cigarettes, stale B.O. B.O. Southern, spilt Southern Comfort. Woo! Misery. Sadness. Someone's coming through the window. Shame. Shame. I love his little sign. Have a good day. Yeah. I'm just a window washer. Don't mind me. And he's like, well, fuck you. Don't yeah, piss you on your fucking, window. You fucking twat. Die. <laughs> that guy did not know how to wash a window. You could tell instantly. He's like, I'm going to wash your windows and spit on it. <laughs> Later, buddy. It would be funny if Rooka was still drinking. That would be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would be a great running gag if they didn't want to take the movie too seriously. If, yeah. like, he just shows up with, like, every frame, every scene he pops up, he has a six-pack, but there's less beer in it, and he's more drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I wrote a script for something, and I kind of did that with cocaine. It was, it was it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to see her, man. The Rook. Robert Joy. These are really good actors. Mm-hmm. The babies. I, I was yeah. thinking the opposite. Actually, they they were looking at the camera when we first seen them. They were blowing in the shot. Oh uh, well, you know you can't get good baby actors nowadays. You well, get what you like, get. They're probably somebody's kids, realistic. Well, obviously that, but like someone who works on the movie. It'd be Romero's grandkids for all. That's what I was thinking. Something along those lines. So they can be like, uh, they can be movie stars forever, Bill. Movie stars forever. No, Nepto babies. Nepo babies, man. Yeah. Damn those Nepo babies. They're ruining Hollywood. He's surprised at how little work Rooker does as the sheriff. He can't believe it. He just can't believe it, man. And you can't, you, ne- Nepo babies can't destroy Hollywood, Hawk. Nepo babies are Hollywood. <laughs> oh. True, true, true. Hey, you know, it took me a long time to become a sheriff. I had to wear a blue face paint and have a mohawk. And this is what I got. That's what he would have retired into. <laughs> they do give him very shiny gold badges, though. Mm. Very shiny. They've very all great. been, yeah. Prestigious. Fancy. And you find out they're all little ninja stars that they use. <laughs> Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> Literal weaponized authority. <laughs> That's okay, man. We'll stay out here. No one's going to come through us, random cops. Ninja cop. 
It's protocol, yeah. man. We have to check it. Yeah. Then I mean, they do the world famous checkaroo. That the lights are off and they're scared. They make him go through. <laughs> they're afraid of the dark. The Great dark job. half. The dark half. You got it. <laughs> Save the dame. Is he wearing orange gloves or is there like a weird fucking thing going on with my eyes? I wanna, oh no, it's just the lighting. It's weird. Chub us off. Yeah. Bam. 2.30. This guy did alright. You know, seems like a nice expensive apartment going. Bring it in my house. Yeah. The window washer never left. Oh, that does not look good. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely an issue. Hey! We just cut him a... Yeah. Right in the neck he, hole. He just loves cutting throats. Rick Crowley goes down. That's what happens, man. Now, that gentleman there is... uh for anybody out there that's seen Oz, that was uh, the old dude. That was one of the old dudes in like the fishing hat in Oz. If anybody okay. remembers that show, the mm-hmm. two there was the two guys that uh, were trying to break out or whatever. I forget their names. The older people and the older white dudes. Ernie Hudson and Jay Jonathan Jameson always come to mind whenever I think of Oz. Ernie Hudson ain't been a white dude in a long time, man. No. <laughs> I feel like that's been a lifelong thing. Yeah. But he has seen shit that will turn you white. Maybe that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. I believe he's angry. Alice. He was walking right. like an ape. Yeah. I think it looks like he had something shoved up his ass. Uh, it, uh, you would know, Alex. Hey, what can I say? You know, he's walking like one of the members of Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> and I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning for you. I'm burning, I'm... You Walk should out, get that though. checked out. It may be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm burning for you. I just heed. <laughs> I think I need some penicillin. <laughs> 20,000 men coming in every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, at least nobody did Don't Fear the Reaper or Godzilla, okay? That's so, right. Yeah. Respectable guys. Respectable guys. I like the phone tapping that's going on right now. Mm. High tech. Oh, yeah. <laughs> High tech for the 90s. Yeah. The 90s phone tapping was so fucking funny. You <laughs> like how they put like these little magnets. Like, it wasn't like, real. N- yeah. Phone tapping didn't exist. Only they came up with this concept for fucking movies, but nobody could actually tap your phone, man. They bugged your house. They had little microphones. Yeah. Actual tapping of phone lines didn't happen until phones went wireless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was easier to maintain that way. But it's funny how film basically predicts a lot of shit that, you know, eventually did come to fruition. Yeah. It was perceived as science fiction 
situation at the, at, the, at the time. Now it's commonplace. Yeah. Depends on the next science fiction story that whatever will be coming down the pipeline. I don't know. I've always said that science fiction is just a precursor to what's actually going to happen in one way or another. Hmm. Yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah, you know, Star think- Trek is a perfect example. I mean, how many things have they uh, come up with that uh, we've made reality? Hey, creative thought can be plausible. Yeah. Perfect example, Hawk. We're not wearing Starfleet uniforms, but we all have a tricorder. True. That's true. Dick Tracy. That's the most important thing to have, though. Yeah. More than the uniform. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yellows, yellows, yellows. Call in Dick Tracy. Call in Dick Tracy. That's true. Good. Fucking Apple Watch, man. Yep. I love that movie. It was good. It was good. Well, I think it was the makeups, you know, and oh, they were very, they were very well done. It was a very well done film. Oh, Dick Tracy. I hate Warren Beatty with a fiery passion, but yeah. everything else around him was really good. Yeah, that was when he was going out with Madonna too. That was a weird time, you know, for for both of them. But it was uh, fucking uh, Al Pacino was you know fucking flying high, you know. Yeah, the late nineties. My favorite's William Forsythe in that movie. Forsythe is the best. I, I uh, incredible. Bill's a great. I've had breakfast with Bill on a few occasions. He's just a a cool cool dude, down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's giving it to him. Giving him the tough news he doesn't want. I'm giving you the reality of the situation, man. You're psychotic. He says those lines with love. I fucking love this man. Yeah. Well, Hutton's posture, it does change. He does have that more menacing, lumbering. You know, almost like uh, Jack Torrance, how he would lumber through the Overlook Hotel type deal. Yeah. Or, like, I feel like those transformations are very, uh, there's a lot of correlations between both of them, character-wise and with the actors, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a slow descent into insanity. Look at the old-style Mountain Dew and Crush. Yeah. I'm going insane, lady. You shouldn't talk to me. He just takes the phone. My garage here. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a good concerned look. She knows crazy. Oh, no. I gave a phone to a nut job. Pre-COVID, of course. Don't break the phone. They take it out of my paycheck. Oh, man. He got the news he didn't want. There's a lot of that going on in this movie. The dark half. Uh-oh. We're about to have trouble. Frat boy, yeah. Uh, don't give my boy Michael Rooker trouble. He's a good guy. I think so. The Rooker. 
The Rooker. Don't mess with the, the Rooker. Rook. The yeah, Rook. I remember he was. Uh, he did Rhode Island Comic Con, I think, one year too. I right? he did Rock and Shock, but I think he did the Rhode Island Comic. Con. I think when I met him, it was Rhode Island Comic. Con. Well, he did Rock and Shock before Galaxy. Guardians yeah, yeah. Of the Galaxy. yeah. After Guardians of the Galaxy, he got upgraded to Rhode Island Comic Con. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to hang out with the horror guys anymore. Yeah, no, he hangs out with the sci-fi kids too. You know, at those cons. Yeah. Money, money, money. That's what he wants. Yeah, and his autograph probably shot up from twenty bucks to three hundred. You know how it goes. Oh no doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Probably fair to say, at least fifty bucks. At minimum. I saw a poster for Guardians Three on Amazon, and it was like forty five hundred bucks. And it's by everybody. By everyone, yeah. And kind of cool. I was kind of shocked, you know, for for forty five hundred dollars for a poster. Forty five hundred dollars, and it's everyone's autograph, and there's a certificate of authenticity. And I just came across it only a few days ago, and I was shocked. I do not I mean, like anybody's signature that much. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, whatever. James Gunn, Chris Pratt, Vin Diesel, you know, Mantis. I mean, everyone. I mean, I'm thinking to myself. I I get it because that's got to be a fucking adventure. Yeah. To get all of them to get all of them to autograph it, like Impossible. I get it. Outside but, of. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I know people that have actually got bought like original. Evil Dead posters and had every single person, you know, from that movie sign. You know, uh, my, a director buddy of mine is Tarantino, uh, Jackie Brown, that he got mm-hmm. a bunch of signatures. And uh, yeah. but it really depends on, you know, what was it worth to you? That's the thing. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money, man. That's yeah, I mean, yeah. that's not one convention. You're not going to get them all at one show, you know. So that's 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 a lot. Down. You got the bigger people. You got to go find them doing theater or doing a book signing or something because they don't do conventions. Yeah, exactly. You think you got Tarantino's signature on it? I heard he was like tough to get a signature from, you know, the Kill Bill. I remember seeing a big video of somebody trying to get his autograph Kill Bill time at like Sundance and him freaking out. But, I remember that video. He was like so mad. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a few videos out there where he's, he's too mad in them. Hey. How dare you want my autograph? Yeah. I, I guess it's how, how you go about it, you know what I mean? Tarantino's a very talented man, and there's no denying that, but he's kind of a dick. When I was living in California, no, I was working on this movie called The Storyteller. Came out oh, yeah. 15 years later under a different title. But the director's neighbor was Tarantino. So when I used to uh, carpool to work, you look up uh, his driveway. Sometimes the, if the gates open, you would see the pussy wagon right there. Uh, you know, as soon as I was pulling into work, I always got a kick out of that whenever he had the gate open. Okay, that's amazing. If there was a prop I would have kept from Kill Bill, it was that. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's just such a cool... You know, like the, I mean, the pussy wagon was such a character itself, you know. Yeah. Back at school. Looking for the right pencil. He knows it's going to come. 
It's got to be a Black Beauty number two. Okay. He's nervous. He's very nervous, though. He doesn't know if he's ready for this step. He's contemplating. Maybe he'll Come on, his... get some lead out of that pencil, man. Oh, balance. Ooh. Uh, the birds are back. Budget's coming back. <laughs> Oh, this thing called fan. Go, it's gonna get wild. Oh no. They're coming. I don't know what my hand's doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I think he does really good in this scene when he starts to like, it kind of looks like he's about to like seize out. Yeah. He's like under a trance. He does like a lazy eye thing. Mm-hmm. Almost like a Pennywiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he starts riding. Mm-hmm. Thirds were staring and judging me. I guess it will come in, man. Ricky. I can't read anything he just wrote. George, impressive, and I can't see that from here. George, something new book, maybe Stark's new book. Ah, Stark, that yep. Oh yeah, George Stark, new book. If I don't, I'll die. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the twin will die. Yeah, he's a true artist. If he doesn't mm-hmm. read, he'll die. Falling apart. It's an ICP song. Mm-hmm. What that's talking about. You know he's down with the clown. Definitely. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's Shin. He's tapped out. Oh. Oh, he's out. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about. Butch. Yeah, with it. Get out. That's how Saturday Night Live writers used to work. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my head. Ooh. Ow. Uh, Damn. Yikes. Hmm? Oh. Oh, it's blending all over it. Now he has to use his blood to finish the book. <laughs> Good. Bad boy now. Oh, well, I like that. <laughs> Alex, in your days, were you able to hit the bottle like that? Right no, I, dr- I tried to do that. It'll end up breaking all over the ground. I know. Me too. Hawk, you lie. I've seen you polish handles. In one sip. I, you can Ooh. see through the hole. Two sip, Hawk. <laughs> You know the evil, the evil. He almost looks like Evil Ash a little bit. You yeah, got a little bit. Yeah, 
you know, yeah, that pencil, the pencil gag is an Evil Dead gag. You know what I mean? I mean, this... The, oh, the, yeah, it is. Yeah, through the ankle, through the hand here. Yeah, I mean, this whole... His, his whole look when he's, like, the dark half, I mean, it's very exaggerated. Yeah. Everything's a little wider, a little longer, a little more... Hmm. Definitely has prosthetics in the face, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. He has to. There's no way they're... Mm-hmm. He's been unleashed. So now the momentum will start to pick up a little bit. I love this lady right here. She's, like, such a G. Yeah. <laughs> she takes no shit. Uh-uh. Zero. She's just like, thank you for bringing excitement into our lives. Jesse, I want to see you play this type of role in the movie. I'm down. That's the little older, little older. You could do it. Well, I can just put makeup on and make myself look way older. Yeah, we could do, do that. Old. Alex did that once. They made Alex look like an old man once. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm already halfway there. That's true. Hawk, did they do the Dick Smith uh, old age stipple on you? Um, I don't know. What is that? Did it? It's a formula for uh, doing old age makeups. It uh, involves um, latex, a few other materials. Basically, stretch the skin the opposite way. And you start. No, it was very low tech. It was just Uh, graying the hair, you know, some, you know, just darkening the the frown lines, that kind of stuff. This dude's hardcore alcoholic. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. You see Is there any like other that. alcoholic to be? You guys ever meet anybody that was uh, to the dark half one, and now that's the only one that walks the earth? I've seen some people that could fit into the dark half of just completely self-destructive fucking animals you don't want to be around. Mm-hmm. That's dark half. That's the dark half. Mm. Yep, seen that. Yep. Usually have to stand behind them. At a Seven Eleven or something like that. It's troublesome. I see that every day working at Cumberland Friends. Coming in drunk, angry. Oh man, it's like nine a.m. and they already smell like booze, and they're just like rah, 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 and it's just like fuck. And threaten them with the police. Tell them the police are coming. They're coming. Where's the goddamn Red Bull? Where's the Red Bull? They I got a couple people to shotgun their Red Bulls outside the store one time. That was pretty cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I was like, hey, it'll energize you faster if you just shotgun it. I've heard that <laughs> heart attack. I was yeah. going to say, or, or, or they'll stroke out, you know, whichever. Yeah. Then they're out of work for the day. It's You're welcome. Can't use the left side of my body. Well, you don't have to work. There you go. <laughs> like okay. whatever. You're fine. You'll be fine. It's good. <laughs> Just walk it off. According to the weekend, I have a really mean thing to say. Is someone who can't walk. <laughs> yeah. It was all in jest. <laughs> yeah, I thought I found love once. I thought I was really feeling something for this girl. Turns out it was just indigestion. <laughs> Been there. Hey, you. Was Romero a drinker? 
Maybe back in the day. You talk about that before if you ever had a bout with booze. <laughs> I mean, all these guys were working in, you know, labs back then. And uh, especially, you know, being in Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, George knew, like, the newsreels, you know, because was, everything was shot on film back then. So, you know, these, you know, editors are probably in there with their bottles of J&B and stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised if he might be coming in. I know Ramirez was a big cigarette smoker, you know. Yeah, that's what got him. I want to say I heard somewhere, uh, you know, I like him so much, I wouldn't, oh, no, don't want to disrespect him, but I want to say I heard somewhere that he was a drink. He was a drink guy. Well, there's nothing wrong with having a drink every now and then. It's not like he was a heavy, he didn't promote himself as a heavy. Mirror looks like that. I don't think so, but you know, I don't judge people for their vices. I envy them. You envy them for their vices. Give envy is uh, makes you green haired. No, stuff better than others. Yeah, doesn't look like he was a drinker. Well, that's good. I, I didn't think I so. Something. I was I was trying to find something, but I there thought, was just I something I... about Day of the Dead, and it said something about Joe being an alcoholic. But I don't know who Joe is Joe that they're Pilato. referring to. Wow, oh, Bill, great don't actor. disgrace his name. Don't say Joe Pilato is a great dude. You can't be disgraced his name like that. Be that's like... what the internet said for that shooting, at least. I want to say I, I seen something about. I, I guess I was wrong. I thought I heard something about Romero having some type of. Maybe it was a different director, but there was. I was reading some book. Like that could have been in the Tarantino book. He got into Romero a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, back to George A. doing the dog. I I bring that up because like to make a good film out of this, you would you know have having. Being able to kind of live it a little bit or to like have that that outlook on it would be helpful for a film like this. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I, Same I, with like I, mental health and like mental illness and stuff like that. Really work. You could take the addiction out and just make the addiction like work, like mm-hmm. working too much, so to speak. Getting Which, as, in essence, is really what this is about. Yeah. More so than drinking or drugs or anything like that. It's. It's when are you work in the work and when is the work work in you? Mm. You know what I mean? So it's more madness. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's definitely, definitely more in, in the head than mm. anything else. Now I understand why she gave such a hard time to Uncle Buck because she had this early in her life and then she's going to put up with Uncle Buck shit? Fuck that, dude. I wouldn't have it either. But he wasn't lying when he said his brother, his his brother-in-law or sister-in-law had a heart attack and he had to go uh, babysit those uh, beautiful little nephews and nieces. That's true. He wasn't lying, but she was sick and tired of the shit already. Just, uh, you know, bowling too much and smoking too many cigars. That's what happens. Billy Coyne's favorite actors in the films, the babies. (laughs) Tacos, the babies. Mentioning candy real quick. I just watched an amazing documentary last night on uh, Del Close, who was, you know, if you know anything about comedy, 
within the past 50 years. He was probably one of the most important names. He was director at Second City. He was, he taught everyone, Farley, uh, uh, Belushi, um, you know, groomed everyone at the beginning of SNL, SCTV. Yeah. And he, and he was also the pastor in uh, the blog. <laughs> okay. In the reboot? In the reboot. I mean, he has a very recognizable I love that cameo. The end, the, at the very end there? I love that scene. when he's I've always him. loved that ending, yeah. I, I always thought the blob could have been a franchise with him as almost like the puppet master. You know, like, I'm, I'm leaving right. people on the world. The blob's a good deal. They could redo it. That'd be, like, up for a good reboot now if you got the right person behind it. I say we have Matthew Fisher directed. With the effects, I'll do it, sure. With, like, the effects where it's at now, like, you could do a crazy blob movie. I back that. It'd be COVID. COVID blob. Cool. <laughs> COVID blob. I like it. It would look like a COVID cell, the fucking circle. <laughs> so, let's right. get some going Enough fun and games. Enough fun and games. We gotta get serious like Hutton. <laughs> serious. You know, when the fuck are we ever serious? I know. Yeah, we're serious as shit right now. We're in it. Oh, we're in shit. it. Fucking super serious. Dramatic stuff. Serious. I mean, this isn't a bad movie. It was, you know, if I was eight, ten years old when this came out, I'm sorry. I just wouldn't be liking it, right? Yeah, because it, it's it's very it, it's there's a it is mature. There there are themes that kind of go onto deep psycholo- psychological places, but as mm. a kid, you know, this isn't this wouldn't be my cup of tea. I mean, I wish there would be more to it, almost like a. You know, say like if it was like a cat's eye or a, you know, um, I can't say Pet Cemetery is too similar, but you know, even like a carrot. Cat's Eye is a lot more, it's a funner film though, I feel. Yeah. There's a lot of like fun, weird stuff going on in Cat's Eye. Not so much in this one. Huh? Expecting more insanity in yeah. some weird way. With this no, this story. is a very, very serious look at King's work. It's a, yeah, it's, it, it, it's a very straightforward, straight ahead, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is, this, I mean, that's rare, if you think yeah. of it. There's always, there's always some kind of loose canon element that brings in a little, at least a little comedy or a little, you know, levity of some sort. I mean, I think maybe for people that were five to ten years older than me, when they first saw this, that they might have gotten I just think I was just too young, you know, didn't mm. really get it. And uh, whatever, so many years went by, I almost completely forgot about it. I mean, it's like the first time I've seen this, I'm probably close to 25 years. Well, yeah, I mean, your typical teenager horror fan does it really, is it? Yeah, I mean, like maybe if you're in your early 20s, you know, whatever, like more no. mature. Yeah, I never actually saw this movie. And then when you guys said it was on the roster, I was like, oh, shit, I need to check this out. It was. It never like peered my interest when I was younger. What'd you think of it when you watch it? Like focus. Like we're not really watching it now because we can't focus on no audio and stuff. But when you watch it at home, what'd you think of it? Honestly, like I I liked it, but it was there was parts where I was talking through it, like a conversation, like about the movie or like just around it. But it was like I had to wait for like something to pique my interest again to like pull me back in, and then I'd stay silent and actually focus. And that's like a, a drifting thing, but in the end, I ended up like liking it a lot. 
because the concept of like what's going on is like really interesting. Yeah. Plus, I really like the eyeball in the in the in the brain. That <laughs> yeah. <was good. laughs> yeah. But it does have a tendency to drift. It does. Yeah. It does. I w- it makes me want to read the book because I like the story, but I don't like watching it. <laughs> it's a it's a meteor. The plot's denser than your usual King Fair. King's like usually like seventy five exposition, seventy five percent exposition, twenty five percent plot. That's usually like what his writing style is. He he explains a lot. He goes into depth of description a lot. Very vivid, but the plot itself is pretty straight ahead. He doesn't really go into twists, turns, stuff like that. The dark half, on the other hand, is like. 60% of the story is the plot. Okay. And it's handling all the twists and all the little details and all that stuff. So you prefer the movie over the book? No, not at all. No, okay. <laughs> no. Okay, no. I was just going into why this seems like it drips off and is so complicated. Because it is a complicated story. It's it's not as straight ahead as, say, something, you know, like Pet Cemetery. Oh, or... so they made it for... They said, like, made for screenplay or written for screenplay based on the book. So that makes way more sense. Adapted yeah. for the screen. Adapted, Adapted for the screen. Yeah, that's the word. I like her necklace. Is that like a talisman or something? It probably is. But she seems like hippy dippy. She's got style. Could be a nod to the talisman. Tea for me, so I know it's you. (laughs) That's some serious preschool teacher vibes going on. (laughs) Right? Art art teacher, preschool art teacher. Yes. Teach all the kids about the wonderful world of modeling clay today. (laughs) Finger painting, kids. It's Friday. Just stay away from eating the uh, Elmer's glue. Mrs. Johnson's going to get loose with this bottle of scotch. You guys just draw some stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. The two dead hookers. I'll, I'll get it taken care of. Hey. That's two. I don't want you to hide it behind up. the woods. Rookie numbers. Got to <laughs> get a cleaner out there, clean up those hookers. Something goes right in this town. <laughs> Incognito. Yeah. Ooh. Out of the floor. Looking like Whitey Bulger over there. Mm-hmm. Got the glasses and the hat. Pedal to the metal. Push it to the limit. <laughs> and that's some illegal uh, changing the lanes there, buddy. Mm-hmm. He's bad to the he bone. Care. He's tough. Yeah. He's a harbor oh. chick. <laughs> He's getting in touch with his dark hat. <laughs> hey. You get this guy laid, we'll have no problem. <laughs> it's usually the solution. Oh, the way he deteriorates. Yeah. He's creepy looking. He is. He does reach a creep very creepy look by the end of it when he's all haggard and like demonic. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, little kitties, you want to hang out with Uncle Dark Calf, man? Hey. Uncle Dad? Uncle <laughs> Daddy. 
Just get that hat on. Everything's okay. Don't mind me. I'm just studying my lines for this uh, script called uh, Dark Man. <laughs> he kind of resembles like with the hat because the main character is wearing the hat too. I don't know. I just kind of saw that. Yeah. Evil Ash all the way, though. I can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Definitely Evil Ash, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, duality definitely plays a big part, you know, in uh, the story. But, I mean, not just that. It looks like the makeup style they used for Evil Ash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's also his, like, body language, the way he, like, he's playing the character. And that's the same dude, right? Like, he played two yeah. people in this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Timothy Hutton is a great actor. He's really talented. And I had to look it up to see that. <laughs> I just, one thing I also remember is the VHS cover really wasn't that compelling. And I'm not trying to say this as a downer. But it was just, it was like a face silhouette and shadow, like against a tree. And, yeah. you know, in the VHS days, you know, like, like you have a really good piece of artwork and it will just, you know, it, the movie might be complete shit, but the artwork was phenomenal. And this is one of those weird situations where it's like the artwork, you know, it just, it never really, I never reached for this movie that much. It was really yeah. when, HBO came along when I really, you know, discovered this. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, this is more of a cerebral, you know, kind of cat and mouse kind of thing. So it's kind of harder to try to, you know, I guess, translate it to, like, cool art cover uh, kind of. So that's probably what the issue was. But no, but it was strange because this was all the same time as Monkey Shines. And that cover fucking freaked me out. And I know, you know, having that, you know, monkey with the symbols on it. Yeah. I know that was a... You know, both kind of... It had a good marketing campaign. Well, this one's cover was very artistic, but like yeah. it wasn't too threatening in a way. You know what I mean? Monkey Shines I always thought was kind of a lame cover. Not to give it too many times, but I didn't like the symbols. I mean... As far as it being scary, I didn't think it was scary. I mean, I like the cover as is. It's misleading is what it is, really. It's kind of weird. You don't know what you're getting into, for sure. You almost think like you're getting into, like, a Stuart Gordon's doll situation when you look at the cover of Monkey Shines. Nothing wrong with that, but it just it didn't deliver on that. I mean, but if it was, like, a monkey's hand with maybe, like, a needle in it or something like that, then it's like, okay, you know, I commit... But it's all about like a hate breed cover. (laughs) Yeah, over the the knife, I think. Yeah, 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 it was. It was a hate breed album cover, and then um, cattle decapitation had something similar too from Monolith of Inhumanity. Yeah. Yeah. You okay over there, Hawk? Yeah, you 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 the dark halves over overtaking them. The dark halves take it over. We're gonna get okay. the dark hawk. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna get the evil ash hawk. <sighs> I believe that. We've had that all night, I think. Ooh. He's creeping in the shadows. I wear my sunglasses. Oh, it's not nighttime, never mind. 
Hey, honey, I'm here to try to save you from my dog calf. <laughs> Sorry about that. I should have known that, you know, after they cut out the, the eye in my brain, that shit was going to come back. <laughs> I like how as, like, a wife character, she believes him throughout, like, the whole thing. Hmm. A good wife does, I guess. <laughs> I guess. They, they it just shows, him. like, how much she knows him, I guess, as, like, a, as a character basis. Maybe that's her dark ass. Maybe. She has a regular side somewhere else. He wants, uh-huh. her, he wants her dark half. <laughs> he wants oh, yeah. to delve into her dark half, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> now we're stepping into dead kids at it could be, yeah. Red kids of dairy after midnight. <laughs> Come on, give me the babies. Give me the babies. You, don't you can only get one baby. Yeah, I keep I was gonna say, that would have been a good thing from the playoff of I keep one of them. Hey, man. But it's like, which kid did he pick? They both look like guys. Like they're dressed like masculine. Hey, hey, oh, that was, hey. Uh, Hey, dude, I, I didn't want to do Sophie's Choice, man. <laughs> oh, my. Easy. Figure this out right now. Get a ring. Baby, One baby gets a knife. Another baby gets a knife. Kill each other. Yes. First one that lives. There you go. I see this going horribly wrong, and I love it. Royal Dano, your boy, this was la- his last movie. Billy Coyne. And he eventually went to saw Pooh Bear. Yeah, one, one last trip. I loved it also. I also loved him in Ghoulies too, as Uncle Ned. He had a good. He had a good run. He did a yeah. lot of horror towards the end, but he actually did a lot of westerns uh, when he was younger. You know, a lot of like Coffin Joe type of characters. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he had an interesting career, um, but you know, it's funny because. He was friendly with Albert Band, made a lot of movies with him actually in the 60s. And eventually, uh, his son Charlie was able to get him for, uh, movies in the 80s to kind of, you know, keep him as a working actor. That's nice of him. He's very loose with this kid, like he's going to spike him down on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess was- this is not your favorite kid. So guess wow. I'm going to take him and dement him into my own image. <laughs> he's going to wear leather chaps, and he's going to smoke a cigar, and he's going to curse like a sailor. Just like me. That's what I mean, man. The climax of this movie is so, so strange. Yeah. When you think about it, like... Not when you think about all the events that led up to this, but like just you just think about that scenario and that situation, and you're like, pick a baby, and you're just like, really? And it was just so quick. Yeah, it's very quick. Very quick. It's fucking strange. I get the idea behind it because it's supposed to be like you know legacy and whatnot. Yeah. But still, it's fucking. It's out there, man. It's out there. Should have had to sacrifice one of the kids. Oh. I still vote we make them fight. But <laughs> I like baby, baby battle, baby battles better. Yeah. 
Baby brawls. Baby, baby brawls. Crack baby is playing tennis. He can be reborn. Street Fighter Six comes out next week. We can commemorate it. We'll dress one up like Ryu. We'll dress the other one up like Ken. Baby brawl. Hmm. Yes. The suckling. The suckling. The suckling. The suckling. Back my story, man. Why, coin? (laughs) Why not? Why that word? Suckling. Suckling. Yeah, that one. It's a good word. It's not. No, it is. Say it. Say it, James. Say it. (laughs) Suckling. I'm not doing it. Do it. This is gross. No, it's suckling. Not. Gross word. James is suckling. It's disgusting. <laughs> it sounds wrong. It just sounds suckling wrong. Suckling in jorts. That's what it's he's gross doing. Gross title. Hands down. It's a fucking Suckling in jorts. Okay. That's that's a bridge too far, man. That's <laughs> a suckling in jorts. So she said suckling, suckling in jorts. Yep. At the smoke. Mm-hmm. Oh, the makers of Boombastic Media come suckling in shorts. <laughs> that your new podcast? <laughs> it is now. Coming to a new band, suckling jorts. Yeah, suckling jorts. That's it. I got you to say the word. That's true. Oh, that's what he needed. Does he have any brown stuff? Give him the good shit. That's it, right there. You can't be a good writer unless you're drunk. (laughs) You'd almost like to hear a commentary by Hunter S. Thompson over this movie. (laughs) A little bit. It was another Tuesday night, you know, back in uh, 1969. Did you ever hear Joe Rogan talk about his list of uh, like daily drugs and alcohol? Like it was all scheduled out. Like he wakes up and he has he's, like he's a very meticulous dude. He very. has a mixed drink. Then he has like smokes weed. Then he waits it out for a little bit. And then at noon or something, cocaine comes into the plan and he has a little cocaine. Then he follows it up with a drink. And then, like, at five, he drops acid. And this is, like, every day, like, his routine. It's pretty insane. That's why his, his brain turned to fucking sludge and he had to blow it out the back of his head. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like his podcast. Well, Rogan's got a great podcast. I was talking about uh, Hunter S. Thompson, who's great himself, but he oh, you know, oh, yeah. shot himself a couple of years back. Well, he was an amazing man. I mean, you know, pretty he was the creator of Gonzo. His uh, legend's a little bigger than, he, you know, I think he's, I appreciate him, but I think the legend of Hunter S. Thompson is more uh, legendary <laughs> than his work, perhaps. But, but I, think, I think a lot of people like the stories of people doing things in wretched excess, whether if it's drugs or alcohol and hearing all these yeah. crazy stories that they can come up with and just using you know things like so heavy it's just drugs themselves like yes I pulled myself in that dimension and I pulled this story out and um, you know I mean this is the shit Hunter's whole deal is I I believe he'd just go to a situation get fucked up 
and then all the crazy things that happened to him, he'd go back and write, which was cool. And I appreciate that. I think when he wasn't going out and he was just making the stories up in his head, I don't think they weren't as good. It's when he actually got out there with humans all fucked up and doing the deal. The toys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. The birds! The birds! The birds are back! Production value. is going back up, way up. And then the birds were given back to God. It's to the oceans. Yeah. That's like my handwriting. It's very nice. It's very good. Like doctor writing? Yeah, that's how I write. Like a doctor, people say. The doctor doesn't want you to know what he's making notes about. No, it's like, Coin, what the hell did you write? I said, I'll be back in five. It's like, okay, I thought you wrote me a prescription for fucking antidepressants. (laughs) (laughs) I write like a crippled chimpanzee. Monkey shot. I have terrible. I have terrible handwriting. I have really good handwriting. I like my cursive too. Time for the shit here. Words. (laughs) You know, being attacked by a bunch of birds is no picnic. You know what I mean? Not at all. Pecking your eyes and your, you biting your arms, your neck, cheeks, legs. Well, they go for the eyes immediately. That's what they can. They're warriors. They like the gooey ooey. Yeah. Hey, you're betrayed. Gooey ooey. Gooey ooey. That's how it goes. Hey. I tried to look up where the if those twins were in anything else. They weren't listed on IMDb, which I thought was weird. Well, maybe they were just uh, kidnapped and then sent back afterwards. You know, and there's there's f- famous twins like the Big Daddy twins, of course, the Olsen twins. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Ghostbuster yes. two babies. Ghostbuster babies. At first, I thought that I, I started looking because I thought they might be the Ghostbuster two baby. Because I know they're twins, Oscar and something else. Like oh, all yeah. the nut shots that just happened right there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Timothy Hudden fighting himself. <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Hey. One could say he's beating himself. Uh-huh. Beating him off. Yeah, Kicking my own ass. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> oh, no. I'm 115. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's what happened to Hunter S. Thompson. Maybe his his dark half got him in the end and shot him. Yeah. I'm going to say it's the years of drug and alcohol abuse, but we can try that. The drugs and alcohol might have got him. Drugs and alcohol, man. telling you. It'll get you in the end. usually does, yeah. Set me up and I'm not going to say it. They're going to get you in the end, all right. Your screen keeps getting darker and darker, Bill. It's going to be all blacked out. Well, it's... The dark half is is taking over. I mean, I'm just so absorbed into the movie. Almost got the same lighting as the movie right now for a little bit. I can appreciate that. (laughs) I'm going method. This is method (laughs) podcasting at its finest. 
<laughs> I like Method your hair podcasting. silhouette. It is. It's we're going into stuff. some. We're going into some weird territory now. Method pod- podcasting. <laughs> uh oh, baby. Hey, hey, no kid. You want to play with a blade? <laughs> I feel like that kid wasn't in clothes before. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was in a diaper. No, they've been no, wearing no, they they clothes, clothes, clothes up. Take that out of the episode, bro. Out of control. Yeah. I sweet it Hey. Hey. He had both of his babies. Thrown <laughs> by you. Uh Moonshine. He's a pinchworm. Such an intense moment. This is such a weird. I think thing. the kids take away from this with them. They're, they're kind of bringing a goofy element to it. Them, how it's just kind of waddling, shaking on the floor. You think that takes yeah. away from the scene, or you think I think they're trying to create an extra sense of peril, but it's just kind of almost goofy, though. Yeah, I know what you're going it, for. It's it, it's, it's, I definitely up. laughed when he hit him in the nuts and the baby. Like, they cut back to the babies, and the babies were even like, "Ooh." Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I hate to say it, but I think so. Like randomly goofy for no reason. If I want to see a baby horror movie, then I'll watch Baby Stay Out. It's very, <laughs> but I guess that's my gripe with the movie is like the end of this is very out of tone with the rest of the movie. Like it gets intense and crazy and stuff, but like having the babies in there as like a constant X factor really does kind of suck out the tension. And, it's, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it creates limitations too on the budget. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I get why they're there, but I'm not sure why they had to be there in the context that they made them there. Didn't were they I, were they pivotal in the actual book? Exactly. Well, yes, but it was a very different ending in the book. Yeah. You know? What's the book? Ooh, what um. It pretty much plays out like this, but there's a lot less of the physical violence, as you know, they ramp up at movies most of the time. It's more of an in-your-head kind of deal, fucking mind games, fucking outthinking each other kind of thing. I don't know, it's kind of hard to fully explain. It's almost almost like scanners on an intellectual level. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Um, I I would say that's a good that's a good expl- uh, almost a good allegory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I whatever. I mean, I'm just kind of spewing, but the way you described it, I mean, it it's so it makes well, sense. It's, it's, it's not that you were wrong, coin. It's just that it's so fucking weird. Yeah, like king endings can be when when there's a lot of ends to tie up in a short amount of time. It gets strange, you know. Yeah, and this almost has like a Lovecraft. You know, it does. It a does. little bit of that madness kind of going on, but you know, but but King was a, a big fan of you know Lovecraft, as he's mentioned many times. I mean, it's evident in a lot of his work. Yeah, you know, this is one for sure. It big time. Actually, uh, did Lamont? Did you pick up uh, the Vestron special edition of Dagon? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's next on my list. Dagon's, a, I'm a big fan of Dagon. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is that the one where they go into that town and it's like a dead town kind of and like the sea yeah. urchin? Oh, it's wait. a movie adaptation of Shadow Over Innsmouth, basically. Yeah. Oh, I always get that one confused with a different one. That's it. You got it. Nope, you nailed it. Shadow Over Innsmouth was supposed to be made 20 years ago, but uh, Charlie Band just could not see the logic of people turning into fish. He's like, I, I can see it with werewolves, but whatever. So the Dennis Paoli wrote that script years ago. Uh, Brian Usna holding on to it for a long, long time. Shadow of probably the most terrifying story that Lovecraft ever came up with. Yeah, and one of the most action-packed, you know. Yeah, it's it's the most intense thing he's ever written. And the fact that we've never gotten a straight-up adaptation of it just fucking boggles my mind because it's definitely his best work. The artwork, if you can look it up, it is available. It's fucking gorgeous. Bernie Wrightson actually did all the conceptual artwork. Mm. And, you know, seeing these half, you know, fish, half human. Dick Smith actually was actually even sculpting, um, you know, maquettes of these things. It would have been amazing, you know, but it's too bad that never came to be. Now we got the birds. The birds. Yeah, they like the birds. That like looks so cool. That does look cool. That birds. That birds. The birds. The birds take the dark half. Birds. They picked them apart, dude. That's how it goes. When you the, have bear. the bears when you are in the pool of whiskey. Yeah. And the babies. These, these kids don't even. They got to be his grandkids or something. They're, they're, they're getting well, too much screen time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey. Bye bye, buddies. There you go. Thank you for taking with uh, Uncle Dark Half. I've always got this weird fucking vibe of this, like it's the end of a Godzilla movie. Like yeah. they're all seeing Godzilla walk into the ocean after he like defeated Mothra. Or the end of Hocus Pocus when like Thackeray yeah. Banks goes through the the gate. Yeah. yeah. So what just happened? It's that looked like a spaceship cruising off at the end. That's what it looked I like. Know, I was wondering if that was like a different dimension or like. No, it was just bad matte art. It was supposed to be a shoot. <laughs> I was <gonna> say. <laughs> That's <laughs> all it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a they spaceship. Just, it was just somebody fucked up making a shooting star. They all <laughs> flew into one bunch and turned into a spaceship and flew off. It looked like uh, crazy. Well, that, that was the dark half, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? Um, my opinion, I mean, I stand by before where it was like as a kid, I wasn't really digging it, but I like a little more of the psychological horror of it yeah, as an adult. You know what I mean? And the gore is there. I remember the gore was a lot better than I remember it being. I don't think yeah. I gave it much chance after the story let me down as a kid. As a kid. But I enjoyed it. Well, when I was younger, this was a hard one to wrap my head around, you know? Yeah. Um, even even by King standards, this one's pretty cerebral and pretty out there, and it's 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 a lot. It's a lot, especially like this came out when I was like fucking twelve years old. The only things I cared about when I was twelve years old in a movie were blood, tits. Yeah, no, just blood and tits. So it was <laughs> like, you know, it didn't it didn't really give me much of either in that regard. 
So I didn't, I kind of dismissed it. I was just like, eh, whatever. But as I got older and I can appreciate the more cerebral aspects of the story, it was a really compelling watch at that point and a more compelling read. I haven't, I didn't read the dark half fully through until a couple of years ago, you know, kind of skipped that one over. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this, uh, it's just that ending, man. A lot of disjointed parts all trying to come together all at once. It's, it's, I don't think they handled that the best that they could have, but I mean, does that make it a bad movie? Not really. It's, it's right. still got its point across, you know? True. Alex, I'll let you go next because you're going to fall asleep. A <laughs> well, the thing is that, um, First of all, Timothy Hutton, I think, uh, rocks his his dual roles in in this movie. Yeah. Um, and of course, George A. Romero is a great director, and he used a lot of great shots, a lot of great lighting, and all of that. What I mean, the honestly, it's the fact is that I mean, without reading the book, I can't go into what they left out but uh it's it's definitely more cerebral it, it has some good kills has some you know fun you know uh special effects and also uh, practical effects which is what uh benefits to a movie but there is a long time of not a lot happening a lot of dialogue that you know if you're not just loosely paying attention to it it's easy to miss What's going on? Um, personally, I love every time they had Timothy uh, uh, Timothy Hutton's uh, dark half, where it just focuses on his feet, you know, mm. before they really focused on on the fact that it was, you know, a uh, not, uh, you know Timothy Hutton also playing this character. I thought it was really well um, executed, uh, but. The biggest down part is the fact that if you go in expecting, you know, action, 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 it's not really the film for you. I agree with that. Jess, Billy, which one you, you blood and butters want to go? I yes. think there's three out of five shorts. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty nice of you. I would also say three out of five shorts, Billy. Good call. Yeah, three out agree. of five. That's, what do you think? What do you think, Jess? Um, like I said earlier, like I didn't come into this movie until recently, and looking at it in like this older stance, I appreciate the movie for what it is. Yeah, it could be a little me different, but I liked for what it was. Like the practical effects really made me happy. I like the fact that they used real birds, and yeah, I don't know. I just highly enjoyed it. I probably would watch this again. Jesse, you took five out of my mouth. Thanks. Hey, three out of five? Yeah, three out of five, George. I agree completely with what she just said, 100%. Hey. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, this is blood and blood. We're at it's, you know, we, we, we're, we, we, we drive. We drive. We chill. We go with the flow. Check out that show. I'm getting the eye. Check out some blood and blood. Yeah, blood and Bud, Blood and Bud is the best podcast besides this one. And, and beneath, beneath <laughs> the Red Umbrella. And check Beneath the Red Umbrella. 
<laughs> Thank you, the red umbrella. I yeah, love you. Hell yeah. Wait. Everyone's loving beneath the red umbrella. No, it's yeah. such a Fantastic. great concept, honestly. I love it. In fact, I have our when we go off camera, dude, I have a, a proposal for you for Haggerty because I even thought of something a little more that almost kind of I'm not going to go into it, but I'll tell you after. Funny you should mention that. And if you like this episode, go check out more episodes wherever you heard this. And uh, you can check out the video version on our Patreon page at Boombastic Streaming. Patreon.com. Hi there. beautiful face right here. That's what you want. You see all these faces. You even get the torsos as well. Good deal. <laughs> Perfectly proportioned beard. You just get to look yeah. at that all day. You That's get the right. coin running up and downstairs. Yeah, you get a lot of coin running up and downstairs. That's true, We're yeah. Up and down. So with that being said, we'll catch all y'all dark halves on the next episode of the Dead Kids of Derek. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 I'm